like that. That's a pretty good one, right? Yeah. There comes a special time in your relationships. If, if, you're, if you're married or engaged, there, there's kind of landmarks you hit. Maybe it's that six-month mark of dating. Uh, maybe it is a first anniversary. Uh, and another one of those major landmarks is when you make the family photo. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? When you make the, the family photo, that's a big deal. It was a big deal. I remember when I made my first appearance in the family photo. It's going to come up here in a second. Um, that guy with the buzz cut and no whiskers back there, that's me. Uh, very young, very young there. You also notice that Kayla's brothers are much taller than me. Um, so you can guess that our son is probably going to be okay in height, most likely, right? But I remember this day vividly. It was Thanksgiving. Kayla and I had been dating for some time. And I got asked to, to dress accordingly for the family photo. And I was like, yes, I've made it. This is real. And you can tell it's the early 2000s by that V-neck sweater. Um, so take a little flashback for you guys there. But I remember being in the photo. And I'm like, man, this is it. Found the grill of my dreams. I'm in this photo. It's all going cherry. And then my father-in-law in true Terry fashion said, hey, Logan, real quick, why don't you jump out of this next photo just in case this thing doesn't work out? Right? <laughs> <laughs> And, and this is the version of it right here. Same photo. And Kayla was like, Dad, you know? And he's like, I'm just saying, like, we got the camera. Let's, I, I want to get our money's worth, you know? And um, so both of these cameras work. Uh, father, future father-in-law's in the room. Feel free to use that one. Um, compliments to my father-in-law. Um, God rest his soul. Uh, man, Terry, he's still laughing about that. I can tell. Um, both of those pictures exist. And both of those pictures are also true. See, there wasn't a few more months later, and, and, and unfortunately, Kayla and I actually broke up. And so the second person hung in my in-law's house for many years, actually five years. There was, I was not in the picture for five years, and Kayla and I went our separate ways and um, dated other people, and um, it was a difficult time. And then unbeknownst to us, uh, kind of a crazy story. If you sit down with us, we'll tell you our story, and it's kind of wild, but five years later, no communication. We end up um, running back into each other and dating again. And this is why I have the best mother-in-law in the world. You know why? Because she had kept that other photo, <laughs> and now it's still there, and it's, it's almost this illusion, like I was there the whole time. <laughs> but we know it's a little more complicated than that. This series is called It's Complicated, and we're looking at different types of relationships. And Brian did a great job kicking us off last week about why we're complicated. And today, being the, the youth pastor, I think it's a fitting that I get to talk about dating, 
okay? Dating. Um, not just because most of the teenagers care about the relationships, and I have a lot of experience talking to them about this, but I, I want to acknowledge who's in this room. Some of you may be teenagers, maybe be young adults, some of the two known online. Um, you're in this season. You're looking for that special someone. Maybe you found them. Maybe you're dating them. Maybe it's going well. Maybe it's not going so well. I don't know. Um, maybe talk to them about that, okay? Uh, Maybe that's some of you in this room. Maybe some of you are single looking for that person. Maybe some of you, as I say dating, there's a part of you that's like, nope, this, is, this isn't for me. It's for the young people. But I don't know if that's necessarily true because there's also another demographic in this room who you find yourself single again after a spouse passes away or maybe that unexpected divorce. As a pastor, um, those of us on staff, we get um, kind of this other side where we get to really walk alongside people and some of the darkest days, and often it is this a relationship that they, they thought was rock solid, and then after decades of marriage, it fell apart. For some of you, as I say dating, you've entered a dating world where it's more about technology, and it looks more like a LinkedIn account than what you previously dated. Uh, when I talked to the students, and I, I've, this, is, this was a new revelation for me, they said, well, Logan, I don't have my girlfriend's number. I said, what do you mean you don't have her number? Like, well, I just Snapchat them. I was like, what does that mean? And they like tell me they, I think QR code and it's like, then you have their thing and then you can like, it disappears, which that doesn't seem like a great idea. I don't know. Like, I'm still confused. I'm like, so you don't have their physical number. Like you couldn't call them. Like, no, don't have their number. I'm like, that's wild to me because I still had to call. And I mean, I'm not that much older. I'm 31, but I remember I still had to call and like, hope I didn't get a parent, you know, like, Hey, is your daughter there? You know, that, that awkward moment. It's weird, it's awkward, it's complicated, and, and everybody in this room, I think it affects us. You may have a child who's dating, you may have walked through them through a divorce, you may be in that season yourself. And so as a body, I think we need to talk about this honestly because there are complicated relationships and they bleed into other areas, into our small groups, into our families. And we wanna see what the word has for us about that. And what's interesting about this, and you may, you may know this already, but the Bible was not written in a dating, dating context, right? When the Bible was written, written, there was not dating. They did not do that. There was more of a arranged marriages. Um, does anybody want to sign up for that one again? Anybody good? No? I think we'll pass, right? So we, we kind of have dating now. Um, but in that time, that was not the context. So if you go looking for your favorite dating verse you're gonna maybe get into some murky waters. But this morning, I wanna kinda pull out some of those ideas, those truths about God's word and his character and who we are and his, his um, desires for us in these relationships. But before we do that, um, I wanna think about historically, there's been kinda two ways we approach dating. Two ways I think the church has, culture has, and, and, and you can kinda see where you fit. But uh, there's one camp that is kind of the the condemnation camp. And I, and I know it sounds like a, a tough word, but it was, more, um, it was more about like the do's and don'ts, do this, don't do this, don't have sex before marriage. Uh, uh, d- just, it was more about that kind of stuff. And that's what I kind of grew up in in my life. It was more about just find the right person, don't have sex with them, and everything will be fine. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem very helpful. Um, and, and even my, you know, God love my youth pastor, he kind of treated me like Obi-Wan Kenobi, like the, you do not think girls are attractive. And I was like, no, I do. Like, what do I do about that? Um, you know, these are not the droids you're looking for. Like, that was kind of his advice. And I was like, well, isn't there more to that? Not just do this, don't do this. And so it, it kind of seems like there's one camp that we just kind of, we just put the bumpers in the, in the bowling lane and, and we just say, just do that and you'll be fine. Just, 
Don't, don't do anything stupid. And I, th- I think that's good. I think it's well intended, but it's not always the most helpful. And I think there's this other camp over here that I call the accommodation camp. And that's kind of the do whatever you want with whoever you want, as many times as you want, just live your life. This is the YOLO. This, that's kind of outdated already. But, um, you know, whatever makes you happy, you do this. You do you, man. As long as it doesn't hurt me, as long as it's consensual, it's okay. And that's this camp over here. And I've always wrestled with that because I'm like, that doesn't seem helpful either. And actually, I was, as I was preparing uh, this sermon, I came across this article. It was in the Washington Post. And I want you guys to see the title of it. This is an op-ed, but it says, consent is not enough. We need a new sexual ethic. And this author, this is not a Christian author. This isn't a Christian article, but they're talking about this woman. She did a, a study of, of kind of the hookup culture. People hooking up and dating online and all these different people and story after story of people saying, you know what? I, I gave consent, but I don't feel good. I feel empty. I feel shallow. People wanting more than just um, a fling or an intimate hookup or, um, and, and even some of the quotes in there broke my heart because these, a lot of them were young women saying, you know, would it be so wrong if we loved each other just for one, one night? Friends, we have a culture that their way of dating isn't working. So if we model that and we look to that, we know that it's, it's falling apart by their own words. They're saying, Hey, this isn't working. It's not fulfilling me. It's not I'm not finding that longing and that, that, that uh, purpose and that special someone. And, and, and I wonder if that's us in this room. Maybe, we've, maybe that's us. Maybe that's where we are. We're, we're, we've swiped left or right or whatever it is a bunch of times. And, it's, and maybe, maybe you did. If you found someone through that, I mean, God bless you. I, I would have no idea. But, but there is something there of, man, it's, it's not quite working. And so I wonder, I wonder what God has for us. And it's, you know what's interesting about the article is they quote Thomas Aquinas, a 13th century theologian, talking about his definition of love. And I was like, oh my gosh, look, the world's crying for a definition of love and they're actually using someone who's a follower of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And they didn't know that. They're like, I just like his definition. I was like, oh my, it's right there. It's right there. So let's, let's look at this this morning. We're gonna be in Romans 12, okay? That's where we're gonna be spending most of our time. This is Paul's letter to the Roman church. If you know anything about history, Rome was a pretty wild place. Okay, there was a little bit of everything. There was uh, emperor worship. There was uh, sexuality of every type in, this, in that space. It was all, any, anything goes. And yet there's this little church that Paul's writing to, a group of diverse believers. And you would imagine, it would probably look like this room. Singles, marrieds, men, women, divorced, soldiers, uh, people who worked in the sex trade. And they're all in this church together and Paul's writing to them. So if you would join me, um, Romans 12, we're going to start in verse one, verse, and we'll read the first 13 verses. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, right? If anybody says in view of God's mercy, you pay attention. That seems like a good one right there. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. These first few verses give us a little bit of insight of the the believers. If you're a follower of Jesus, this this is our act of worship. I bring my life to God and say, God, 
what would you have for me? What would you have for me to do with my, my body, my time, my, my thoughts? God, I need you. Pastor Brian said last week about, could we humble ourselves? And I think you hear that humble posture. It takes a humble posture to say, God, I, I don't know if I even know what's best for me, but I, I trust that you do. Would you, would you reveal to me who I'm supposed to be, what I'm gonna do with my body and who I'm supposed to date, whoever, whatever it might be. There's a million ways you could apply that. But I'm not saying, God, hey, I got everything figured out. Would you just bless it? Would you just, would you just figure out what I got already figured out? I don't hear that there. And it says I need to, the renewing of my mind, right? Which humbly says, I may not be even thinking correctly about myself. And in a society that says anything goes, be who you want to be, date whoever you want to date, sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. It doesn't matter. Sex doesn't matter as long as it's consensual. I think Jesus says, no, there's, there's a better way. And so when we see Jesus' words, there's a lot about sexuality in the Bible. There's a lot about marriage in the Bible. And if, you know, as we see it right there in Genesis 1, marriage between a man and a woman, God calls it good. And somehow we, we've distorted that at times and we wrestle with that. And some of that, I, 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 I sit with students, I sit with families, I understand that, I, I hear that pain. But there has to be a humility where we say, God, I want to know what you say about who I am. Not just this all perfectly self-discovery. I'm all for self-discovery. I just wanna make sure it's, it's grounded in what Jesus says and what he's, he said about us. So in verse three, it says this. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We all matter in here. We're best representative of Jesus when we're all collectively together. There's things that make you uniquely you that I need to learn from. You hear some of these gifts right here. It says, we each have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do diligently. It is to show mercy and do it cheerfully. We see the conduct of the, of the early church and we're meant to be the most generous, the most loving, the most kind, the most truthful people. And I would argue, man, we should be probably some of the best at dating. And I don't know if that's always true. In the context of relationships, how well we do with our relationships is gonna be a direct reflection of how we are with our relationship with God. Friends, we need each other. We need to support each other in these seasons of our lives. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Friends, what would it look like if the people in this room, whatever season you find yourself in, and whatever complicated relationship you, talk, you are in right now, whether that's parenting, marriage, single life, dating life, we're gonna cover a lot of these these next few weeks, but what if we committed to be in a community that where as we went from rows to circles, you're gonna run into someone with one of those complicated relationships. And I would argue, I want Journey to be one of the best places to be where you're at and you got the, most, the best support around you. I'm grateful for my Journey community group. I hope that you are in one as well because I need people. I needed people when I was dating. I need people in my marriage 
I need people to walk with me through life and, and help me, encourage me at times, correct me when I need it, call me out and stuff, bring me back to the truth and really help me ground my identity in who Jesus is. As I was um, preparing this, this, this sentence kind of kept coming to my mind. It says, our Heavenly Father cares deeply about how we engage and support one another in the context of dating. He cares about it. It might not have a bunch of verses about dating, but he does care about how we treat one another. And I think we're gonna stand accountable for how I treat those around me, those in my small group, those in my sphere of influence. And we all have that. And how I dated, that, that I'm gonna be accountable to that. Did I leave? Um, how, how did I do that well? As I was preparing for this, um, I, got, I got a special treat for you guys today, okay? Because as I was preparing to talk about dating, I felt kind of awkward because I could just be up here and you'd be like, well, is Logan like the love doctor? Or like, what does that mean? Like, I don't know. Like, is, was he good at dating? I don't know. Like, maybe he's got a bunch of skeletons in his closet. I don't know. But I wanted you guys to kind of hear it from my wife because you know what? She was on the other side of dating me. Um, so, so what we're gonna do this morning, Kayla's gonna come out here in just a few moments and we're gonna kind of just talk through some rules that we've kind of, kind of some of our story um, what God has brought, brought us through. And, and I hope that it's an encouragement to you um, because I want you to hear from her as well because I could say anything. I, I'm not a love guru. I'm not, um, there's probably way better podcasts and books to read about that, okay? But I can be honest about where God has worked in my marriage and my relationship. And um, there's no one who's taught me more about who God is um, than my wife. And so um, with that being said, I'm gonna bring my wife out. Yeah. Here you go, honey. This is fun. This is gonna be fun. All I'm right. excited. That was a great start, by the way. All right. That was awesome. You're not gonna put me in the spot, are you? No. Okay, no, 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 all right, no. just checking. Not at all. No, just kidding. No, it'd be great. Um, honey, do you wanna talk about deal breakers? <laughs> I would love to talk about deal breakers. Um, so if this is gonna relate to dating, bear with us, but Logan and I play this game. It's kind of developed more recently in our marriage, and it's called Deal, deal Breakers. Um, and if you're a student, you've also heard us talk about Deal Breakers too, but it kind of goes like this. It kind of starts out, Logan and I will share, I'm the way that I am, so everything is about me is the same. My hair's the same. My hair's the same. the same, yes, yeah. yes. So I'm the way that I am, but, and then we fill it in with something kind of like ridiculous. Yeah. So it's like, I'm gonna use the example you used more recently because I okay. think it's really funny and cool. great. So Logan recently came to me and he was like, Kayla, I'm the way that I am, but I'm an aspiring monster truck driver. Yeah. And I have, to, I have to say if I'm in or out, and I get to ask like, follow-up questions. I'm like, okay, like, do I have to go to your monster truck rallies? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I have to support you? You got to work the merch table. <laughs> Am I selling t-shirts? Yeah. You got to be my number one fan, and I'm going to like move the grave digger aside and become the next greatest monster truck driver. Like, would you still be in? Are you still, like, are you, are you in? Surprisingly, I think yes. I think yes, I could do it. I could All right. live the monster truck right. wife lifestyle. Is that a lifestyle? That's not a deal breaker for okay. me. Other what if things, I wore, yes. What if I wore like bell-bottom jeans every day of my life? I'm out. You're I'm out? out? Okay. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 no. What if I... are coming back for... What men. if I had like, I don't know, like a dozen cats? See, I'm out. You're out? I'm okay. Out. All right. All right. See, those See? are 
Those are deal breakers. Those are deal breakers. Yeah, there's, there's, we play this as this funny game. You can do it on your day night. It's generally when we're out and about and when I just see something, I'm like, man, that's a commitment. Wow, okay. Yeah, feel free um, to use it in your dating. Yeah, feel free. It's a great day it's night amazing. topic. Yeah, but, but in all seriousness, there should be, we, we kind of talked about maybe whether there were red flags or kind of um, non-negotiables yes, in dating. Yeah, kind of like a baseline yeah. starter. Yeah, what are these deal breakers as believers that we should have? Right, yeah, don't, don't pass go per se. Yes. And so the first one is this, are they a committed follower of Jesus. Yeah, what would you say to that one, hon? Yeah, so does their life, is it evident of that? Or are they just coming to church with you? I think the teens could call it missionary dating. Like, right. oh, I'm gonna save this person. But maybe as a baseline is like, are they committed to following Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you see that outside of them? Or you notice that we didn't say, would they do a Bible study with you once in a while? Or do they just come to church with you once in a while? But are, do you see that kind of evident in their life beforehand. Yes. Um, And that flows really well into the second one. So what fruits of the spirit are evident in their life? So love, joy, gentleness, self-control. Right. Yeah. This comes right from Galatians 5. I was thinking all all those are listed right there. Yeah. Pastor Brian calls it the fruit test. You could probably do that with the people you're dating of like, what do you see evident in their life as far as fruits goes? Is it good fruit or is it bad fruit? Right. Yeah. And, and you said something that I thought was interesting. And you said, um, are those fruits evident before you show up? Yes. Right? Maybe every, without you in their lives. Everybody's super with. gentle and awesome and wonderful when they're trying to impress somebody. But do you see that with the people that are around, the people that are um, maybe just even like the most normal person, their parents, who, who it could be someone a totally a stranger. Uh, do you see them practicing a lot of self-control in their life or... How do they treat their family? Yeah, How do absolutely. their friends talk about them? I think those are all really good indicators of yeah. where this person's at spiritually. Yeah, absolutely. And the third one is one I actually took from Pastor Bob because I loved it so much. So Bob, thanks for, I'm gonna give him credit for <laughs> this one. But uh, could this person be my best friend? I love that one. I love that one because we got to spend time with Bob and Carmen. They're truly best friends. And we feel that about our marriage. I think the people we look up to in marriages, they're each other's best friends. Like some of our favorite couples, like you're just each other's best friends. I think Logan and I joke, like it can't just be based on attraction alone. Right. Like if you come to me and I say, what do you like about them? You're like, well, they're super hot. I'm like, okay, what else? You know, could you you be friends with them? If you just say they got a great personality, I'm like, what does that really mean? You know, like, I'm going to ask you some more questions about yes. that. Do you want to spend time with this person? Do you want to grow with this person? Yeah. Do you like being around them? Yeah. I mean, Kayla's honestly my best friend. Um, there's no one else I'd rather spend time with. We have a phrase when we're kind of running around in the chaos of you know, running middle school and high school ministry and young adults and stuff. And we see, we just say, man, there's no one else I'd rather do this with. Yeah. And it's kind of our little check-in phrase that we just have in the midst of the hustle and bustle. But I hope I want that for you. I think that's what we'd say. Like if you came to us for uh, marriage counseling or dating advice, I'd say, man, I, I want you to be with your best friend. And if yeah. you don't really like spending time with them, that might not be a great. <laughs> we might joke that voice. we don't have really great advice. So I don't know. Like, yeah, are seems, they your best friend? Yeah. Like, do you enjoy spending time with them? Yeah, absolutely. So, so those are kind of your deal breakers. Those are like the don't pass goes. You can add to those. You can. Maybe not subtract from them, but I think they're pretty good. But uh, Yeah, could, maybe one that you would come up with or you see biblically, like what's your non-negotiable? Yeah. Um, what would you add to that list? Yeah, so maybe that's one that you'll add. I think that's a question for the small groups this week too. Um, so, so the next are kind of five things that Kayla and I, um, this is where we'll spend the, the last part of our time this morning. Uh, how, what we've kind of developed in our marriage um, as we 
Um, again, and talking about those two spectrums, I think we want to spend the time talking about how can we, how do you date well? How, what does that look like? What does that practically look like? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe what are some verses that maybe back that up? And again, we don't have dating verses, but we do have this overall character of who God is and his nature and his desire for us, and -hmm. especially in those relationships. So we won't read all those verses today, but I encourage you to go back, read them. Um, And maybe there's some, again, that you would kind of, kind of anchor yourself in. But the first one is kind of your go-to, right? Yeah. And I like to, like, these are kind of our Holloman rules. We get to share this kind of some similar with HSM, MSM, and they cringe every time. Yeah. <laughs> like we talk about this in February and they're like, oh, it's coming. It's like Valentine's um, Day. You know you're getting like the you're relationship You're going to get the relationship talk, talk. You know? talk. So we're excited to do this with you today. But the first one is probably my favorite. Um, I think it's been really sweet. Kind of early on in Logan and I's marriage, we kind of committed to this role of life or kind of like a daily calling. And that was we committed to leaving people in places better than we found them. Yeah. Um, So if you're around next-gen ministry, you'll probably hear that too. It's like our second rule. I don't know why we number them. The kids never forget. It's like, what's rule number one, two? (laughs) I think it's our second rule of we seek to leave people in places better than we found them. And then we also apply that to dating, right? Like how, regardless of whether this is your person or not, how do you leave them potentially better than you found them? Um, And that that's actually possible. Yeah, like that could be a goal as you're, you find someone, you think they kind of, you know, they are um, a person of, of, of character. They're one who you see fruits of the spirit in their life. You're, you could see them being best friends. And, and as you enter that relationship, maybe it's something as simple as like, hey, I want to, whatever God has for us in this relationship, I want to leave them better than I found them. Yeah. Um, someone asked me this a long time ago and I thought it was a great, they were like, hey, if, if your ex sees you, I think they use the, version, the example of a mall, but that probably doesn't work anymore because <laughs> I know we don't go to malls a ton anymore. But they were like, if this person saw you in public, do they like duck and run away into a store? Or could it be kind of cordial? Could it be, and, and I want to be respectful. I know there are certain relationships that maybe that, that dynamic may not be possible. But as far as it's possible for us, right? As far as like what our, our part of it is. Absolutely. You know, could, could we see this? And we just see this, you know, Jesus always connects our love for God and love for others. Yes. And so if we say we love God, but we just treat people terrible, I don't think anybody wants to hear about, you know, if we talk about sharing your faith, but you're just a ter- like a terrible person to the people you date. Like, I think that, I mean, I've had that conversation so many times in my office right. and in counseling, I know you have, of yeah. like, well, they said they were a believer, but now, and they're dealing with these effects and these aftermath, and sure. it causes a lot of pain and division. So yeah. is, is it possible even better? Yeah, and I think, I mean, if we're being honest, like, oh, that's kind of tricky, right? That's hard, because I think to leave someone better than you found them means we kind of have to end well. Yeah. Um, and so even in the context of a relationship that maybe doesn't work out, how do you end well? Um, Logan mentioned briefly, like, we did break up for five years. To be fair, I broke up with Logan. I was 18. It was me, guys. I was coming in hot at 18, though. I was like, I love you. Let's get married, you know? And she was like, you're crazy. I'm going to leave But we did break up. And I think, and I'll share this because I know Logan probably wouldn't say it. So I'm going to, if that's okay, I'm going to share it. But when we reconnected, it was so sweet because I was, you know, part of my testament. I was going through a lot and we broke up and I hurt you a lot. It was messy and it was definitely complicated. And when we got reconnected, you said something to me that was so sweet and so kind. And Logan just basically said, Kayla, like I never let anyone talk badly about you. I didn't talk badly. I never let, and you had probably every reason to, um, but that meant so much to me then. That means so much to me now. So it's possible. It is possible to leave people better than you found them. Yeah. Thanks, honey. <laughs> Dating is not meant to fill a void. This is number two. 
Yes, dating's not meant to fill a void. So when I think about this one, it's like I can't place my whole self-worth, my whole value, my whole identity in this relationship. Mm. And I think that's even true in my marriage. I think I can say, I say that often to young adults or clients mm. in the same context of even in my marriage, um, it's good and we love each other. At the same time, like if I put everything of who I am into Logan, like Logan's gonna fail me. That's gonna fail me. Um, and so I have to place that in God first. Like the truest thing about me is who God says I am. And Logan has to put that in Absolutely. God first as well. And then together we can come together in that. Right. But it can't be meant to fill a void or just because he says you're pretty or right, right, <laughs> whatever that right. is for you. And so I think a good indicator that we ask often is what's your motivation behind why you're dating? Because that will give you right. your answer of whether it's filling a void or not. Right, if you're trying to find an affirmation or if you just say, well, I'm bored, I got an that's probably not a great reason. Doesn't you know? There, there's there's worse reasons, but that's not a great one. Or you're like, well, because she's pretty, or he's 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 really attractive. Like, that's great, but there's more to it. And I think about I see that in Matthew 11. That's one where Jesus says, you know, come to me who are weary, and I'll give you rest. Right? I'll give you those things. If so, if I'm looking for that person to do those things for me, sure, I'm, it's going to always fall short compared It'll to Jesus. It'll always fall short. So if I'm in a place where I know who God is, I know who He says I am. I'm confident in my relationship with Him. Yeah. Right? And that that goes. That goes the same for marriages or friendships. I mean, any kind of complications with relationships are generally because unmet expectations, assumptions, unfair, um, even, you know, just expectations for one another. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of see that in any type of relationship. Yeah. yeah. And I, I even think about when we got reconnected, Logan, like I think it was very sweet. The timing God brought us back into our lives. At the same time, it was not a great ideal time. No. And we could have easily filled the void with just dating or kind of like escapism, right? I, yeah. My dad had just passed away. Logan was going through things too. And it could have been easily, I could have just ignored all of that and said, I didn't want to deal with that and dated right. Logan been like, oh, everything's awesome. Right. And so even that kind of avoidance, that could be filling a void as well. Yeah. You could kind of, again, that's like using people, which is a really kind of gross term, but it's Absolutely. coping. I'm using this person to cope through whatever hardship I'm going through. Yes. And they don't deserve that. You don't deserve that. And it never, it never leads to anything good. Yeah. Um, and, and so the third one is, is kind of my favorite. This is like my <laughs> Papa Holloman talk, talk. Okay. So I, I give this one. So I'm going to talk to everybody in this room. You guys ready? This is my pre preparing. Number three, you don't deserve to be anyone's second choice. I know that sounds really kind of self-helpy. So just, just bear with me. Okay. <laughs> Romans 5 says this, that while we were still sinners, Jesus went to the cross for us, hmm. right? In Zephaniah 3, we see how it says that God delights in us and he is, he, he is showering us with praise. And here's what I see all the time as a pastor. If God cares about you that much, if, if he determined your value and your identity, if he already set that standard of how much he loves you, then why the heck would we give someone the influence in our lives to treat us any, anything less? Because I see that all the time. I, I see this as people come in, they're like, well, he's good to me most of the time. Mm. He's kind to me sometimes. Well, he doesn't always hit me. And I see that time and time and again, and, I, and my heart breaks because I go, man, your heavenly father loves you so much. And for that person not to be all in, or they're like, well, they, I think we're, we're kind of together. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know, like that, man, God values you so much. So why would we let some other person, individual, care for us so less. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And it, yeah. Yeah, I often see people trying to make it work for the fear of what the other option is. For it's almost fear like vo- of, the void thing again. Yeah, the yeah. fear of being alone or being single. And so you stay and you try to make it work to force something to happen for the fear of what the other option is. And right. I'm, I don't know if that's good enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it is, man. God values us so much. He, he's determined. I mean, he, he set that emotion of, of who we are and, and our value. And so uh, don't be someone's backup plan. Yeah. Don't be someone's... Yeah. Second option, if you're a husband, a wife in here, don't treat your spouse like that. Don't, don't even like, oh, well, the old ball and chain. You know, it's like, what, what are we doing? That's, God, that's someone that God's brought in your life that you can really, you know, man, there's just so much. I just hate that language. Yeah. I just think it's not great. Come talk to us. Come we'll talk remind to us. you yeah, that yeah. you don't deserve yeah, that. Yeah, I'll get a little heated on that <laughs> yes. one. But uh, yeah, number four, we'll, we'll go quickly. We're wrapping up here. Um, who is supporting you? Now, we see this with teenagers a lot. Yes, definitely. Yeah. We often say, maybe your best friend in high school shouldn't be the one that you're going to for dating advice. Because they don't know either. They're in the same <laughs> boat as you. they figure it out right? too. So who later in your life can you look up to, that you're looking up to, or who's already in your circle or kind of your sphere that you can go and talk to about these things. And that's true for everyone else in this room too, whether you know somebody or you're going through it now, like who is coming alongside of you and championing you? Yeah, yeah, we see that in the early church. Again, if this is true in the church of Rome, there would have had to have been a mix of people. We know that. And Paul is continuously trying to bring them back to the center of this is who God is and you are all his children, Jew and Gentile, man and woman, slave and free, right? There's everybody. And that means different types of relationships. And so in your group, in your small group, there's gonna be people who are walking through this. Are we willing to support them journey? Are we willing to help them through that breakup? Are we willing to help them when their marriage is on the rocks? Or, or maybe someone who is single and they're happy about it, maybe whatever it might be, are we willing to be a community about that? Or do we just, do we just, do we, you know, it talks about don't being conceited, thinking highly of yourself. Or do we just go, oh man, those kids these days. Yeah. But that language isn't helpful. Yeah. It's not helpful because we, most likely someone's helped you and are we going to be willing to be one of those people that helps help support others, right? Because we need support, but I also could be supporting someone yes. else. Yes, and I often too think about like whether you're dating and we, we often try to find people who affirm us. Right. <laughs> like I love that I had mentors in my life, even with Logan who were like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's, really. are, you, are you sure it's Logan? Like, what is it about Logan? And it, that was so good for me. So yeah. perhaps it's having people around you that aren't just affirming you um, in that yeah. sense and kind of questioning you and kind of critically thinking about it. Yeah, I, I had a group of those men in her life, you know, once her dad passed, um, there was a great group of men who said, you know what, we're gonna make sure Kayla's okay. And so I had to meet with her brothers who were taller than me. Um, I had to meet with other, her dad's best friends, these other guys in the church. And they, they sat me down and they were like, hey, so what is it about Kayla you love so much? What is it about her? And that was so good because you know what? I had to articulate that and I'm grateful for that. And those are guys in my life I can still call to this day mm-hmm. in my marriage because they know who I am. They know who we are. Mm-hmm. And you need that too. I just don't, I have never met a person who's like, nope, I don't need any of that. If you are that person, you're the anomaly. Come talk to me, okay? Um, number five, this is the last one. This is where we're gonna, we're gonna land the plane here this morning. Does this lead to flourishing? Yeah, yeah. I think about this one in the sense of, can you grow with this person? Right. Um, I think of so much growth that we've done in the context of our dating, in the context of our yeah. marriage. Um, so is it flourishing? Is how you're talking about your relationship life-giving or is it taxing? Right. Um, 
is it giving you life or is it bringing about death in your life in a sense? Right. Um, but I think of growth when I think about, is it flourishing? Yeah, we see this in scripture, right? Genesis 1, we see God makes man and woman in his image. He calls it good. He gives them roles. He says, go be fruitful and multiply, right? He says that's good. And then we know that just a couple chapters later, sin enters the world, brokenness enters the world. Mm-hmm. And so we have these broken relational dynamics that Brian was talking about last week and we still are in effects of those. Thank Thank God we have Jesus who is restoring us, not only to God, but also making it possible for us to have healthy relationships this side of heaven. Absolutely. I think that's the hope. I keep thinking about this in this whole series of relationships because we're going to talk about dating, about friendships, parenting. But I think the hope that we have in all of it, you know, in counseling, and this is my counseling bent, but it's like we often say hurt happens in the context of relationships, but healing happens too. And thank God for that. But I think about all the things that have been revealed in my life yes. in the context of perhaps it's a fight, but it's really about the fight, right? <laughs> it's really about the fight. But I think if I'm being honest, that's the Holy Spirit illuminating things in my heart, in my spirit of like, Kayla, what was that? Yeah. What's that insecurity? What's that fear? What's that doubt? And my goodness, what a, I feel like dating brings up all of those things. It's like a hot box for vulnerability. Right. And so can you bring that to God and be like, God, I, meet me in this space, um, knowing that he sees you in it. Right, yeah, so you may date someone and, and maybe, maybe they're not your person per se. Maybe you end up kind of going your separate ways at, at times like we had. Yeah. Um, but, but there was a million lessons along the way. Mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing like dating and, and not, not, again, not to use dating for this reason, but you, it reveals a lot of those things that maybe God wants to work on. Absolutely. Right? It's a great place to practice these things before marriage in, in terms of, man, who, how patient am I really? How, how, what is my, um, how well am I doing with my gentleness, kindness, self-control? And I think we have to be willing to engage it. Yes, absolutely. Like, I think we have to be willing to tap into, like, okay, what's that bringing up in me? What's that fear? What's that doubt? What's that insecurity? Because I view that as, like, such an opportunity and an invitation for God to heal that in you. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, Journey, it is time for us to go. Thank you for engaging with this. Again, I know it's a, a, a hard topic, right? It's, it's kind of awkward and funny and um, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. But it's worth it. But it's worth it, yes. <laughs> Relationships are worth it. It's so worth it's it. It's so worth it. So um, thank you for engaging us. I wanna encourage you to find somebody in your, in your sphere, wherever they might be. Maybe you're dating, maybe there's someone else around you. How could you encourage them? And if you are that person dating, you need to find someone to, to encourage you as well. Who can support you in this? Would you guys pray with me? Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we just pause this morning and we just say thank you. Thank you for the fact that we get um, to have a relationship with you. We get to, to walk in here every Sunday and we get to be encouraged by your word and by fellow believers as we, um, we want to live more like you. We want to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, body, everything, God. We want it to be worshiped to you. So Lord, I pray for every person in this room that um, the Holy Spirit would begin to reveal to them on this uh, Pentecost Sunday, that they would begin to reveal, um, that your Holy Spirit would reveal to them the areas that, that we just need to surrender to your, our lives, whether it be our dating, um, how we date, who we date, those around us, Lord, that we have a heart and compassion for those around us in that season. Lord, I pray for the person, maybe it has a hardened heart to it because they they've, they've been hurt too many times. They said, you know what? I'm not gonna let anybody hurt, hurt me again. And Lord, would you not just help them find a person, but would you begin to heal that wound in their heart? Because God, you want to restore those things. You are a redeemer. 
That's who you are, God. That's one of your characters. So Lord, we thank you um, for the opportunity to speak on this subject and just know that you care deeply about how we engage in dating, but also how we encourage and support those around us. So Lord, we give you um, our time and we give you our worship this morning with all of our lives. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net slash give. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.